Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast, where we're talking about our fitness and food choices as moms in real life and in light of our faith as Christ followers. I'm your host, Megan Dahlman, and together we'll be exploring what it means to be a healthy, strong mama in the middle of a culture that's obsessed with vanity. This podcast is all about helping and equipping you to take better care of yourself and the ones you love. Hey friend, welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. I have got another really great interview lined up for us today. I'm chatting with an occupational therapist that works mostly with hands and wrists and elbow injuries. So if you've been struggling with pain, maybe when you're gripping your dumbbells or wrists that hurt when you're in the push-up position, or maybe some of like the pain along the outside edge of your elbow from time to time, or maybe the mommy thumb. You know, that pain that you feel when you're picking up your baby or picking up your toddler. We're talking about all of those things today. This is going to be so good. And I personally am pretty jazzed about this one because to be quite honest, the hand and the wrist, they're kind of tricky body parts for me. I feel like I don't know very much about them. I think a lot of my own injury knowledge comes from personal experience, like personal injury experience. Unfortunately, I've sprained my knees. I've had plantar fasciitis before. I've dealt with my own issues of low back pain and SI joint pain. And I feel like every time I get a body part that gets cranky, which is inevitable, by the way, we're all going to have that happen because our bodies are not perfectly fit together and we live life. So you're going to have something that breaks down from time to time. But anytime that has happened to me, I've stopped everything I'm doing and I've learned as much as I can about that body part. But for me, my hands and my wrists and even my elbows, they've been relatively injury-free throughout the years. So I've never personally had to dive into that. Now, I've worked with many clients who have, but Halcyon is, she's the expert. So I love deferring to her, and I just know that you are going to get so much from this interview. Now, before we dive into that with her, I just want to remind you, if you have a moment, go head on over to iTunes, rate the show, leave a quick review. If this podcast has impacted you in any way, if you have learned something from this show, if you feel like it has changed your mindset about your body, about the way that you view food and about the way that you view exercise, if it has helped you at all, I would love to know. Okay. I really would love to know that. So if you could just take a couple minutes, head on over to iTunes And just click a couple stars and leave a review. That would be so, so helpful for us. Okay, without further ado, let's get to my interview with Halcyon. Well, Halcyon, thank you so much and welcome to the show. I already mentioned to the mom listening that I am admittedly (laughs) not an expert in the area of hands and wrists and elbows. So I'm actually really pumped to have you with us today to really share your depth of knowledge. I am so happy to be here and I will do my best to um, impart some knowledge and try to keep it clear 
Yeah, I know you will. You're always so great. <laughs> so good about that. So Halcyon, first of all, before we get too technical and jump into the nitty gritty of hands and wrists and all of that, mm-hmm. I just want to know you a little bit more. I, first of all, I did not realize that you were a PK, a pastor's oh, kid. Yeah. Oh, Tell yeah. me more about that. <laughs> um, so my my dad uh, was at the University of Washington getting his degree in chemical engineering. Wow. And um, I think he, it was his last year, he got mono. And somewhere in that downtime, he realized that he didn't want to be a chemical engineer. He wanted to be a preacher. That's what he wow. felt called to do. So he scrapped it and um, went to seminary. And has had a passion for working with small, teeny, the tiniest churches you can find. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so wow. Church for me has always been family, like knowing people really well, being in everybody's homes. So um, growing up as a PK was just having like a really big family all the time. Yeah. 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 I can totally see that. I grew up in very small churches always as well. And it's true. You walk in the door and you're just like, and here are all of my aunts and (laughs) and all my uncles and cousins. And I mean, it just feels like you are part of a family. I love that. That is so cool. Now you mentioned to me that you have lived in the cornfields of Indiana, but you're in Western Washington now. What happened there? Well, um, this is, this is home. My dad grew up in Western Washington and, okay. um, my grandpa was a, was in the Navy. So he was always based on the West coast. Um, and my parents met here in Western Washington. My mom's Canadian. She's from like the Niagara area, oh, yeah. um, but she was out on the West coast flying as a stewardess for United airlines. And they met, through some mutual friends. And so this has been home for my family since the seventies. Um, but my dad took a job preaching in Terre Haute, Indiana, and (laughs) I literally had a cornfield in my backyard. Oh my uh, goodness. And a life-size signed portrait of Larry Bird in every single school I attended. So (laughs) Oh, okay, wait, is that where he was from? No, he went to Indiana State University, which oh, is okay. in Terre Haute. Yeah, but he's okay. he's a Hoosier. So That's too funny. Yep. yep. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So now you're out here on uh-huh. the West Coast in Washington, mm-hmm. and technically you are a certified occupational therapy assistant. And I love that because honestly, I have to say, so you are one of the members in the Strong Mamas Coaching Program. And it is so, so helpful and really cool to have you in on the inside because when someone mentions an issue that they might have with their hand or wrist or elbow, I know I can always defer to you and be like, hey, Halcyon, what do you think about this one? And we can call on you. And that's that's the beauty, too, of the Strong Mamas Coaching Program is that we do Mm -hmm. have a lot of experts on the inside and people can get that kind of help. So tell me a little bit more about what exactly a certified occupational therapist is and what they do. Sure. Um, so I work with occupational therapists and we graduate from school as generalists and there's a lot of different, um, areas of practice. Um, 
I landed in ortho, uh, orthopedics, um, and the PTs really have cornered the market on spines and lower extremity and, mm-hmm. um, but OTs and PTs share the upper extremity rehab world. Okay. Um, upper extremity meaning arms. Yeah. And depending on what setting you're in, some hand therapists will dabble in shoulders. Okay. Some will not. Um, and the concern there is once you get into shoulders, you get into cervical and that's a whole mm. other world. Yeah. You're um, kind of up in the neck region yeah, of the spine. Yeah. So the, um, the clinic that I trained in initially, we, we did some shoulder, but we were just upper extremity. Um, where I am now, I'm in a clinic that has both PT and hand therapy. So we just, we just send them down, down the gym to the other side of the gym, to the PTs. Um, I don't really do a ton with shoulders. I mean, it's hard to treat elbows without looking at the shoulder, but uh, yeah, that's really cool. I love that. So can you explain a little bit about, um, maybe the typical, kinds of injuries then that you see that come across your desk Mm -hmm. or across your chair on a regular basis? Sure. I would say, um, there's, if we had to classify it, we've got our, there's our post-surgical people. Um, then there's trauma. Usually people who have experienced trauma have also had some kind of surgical intervention before they come to us. Um, there's repetitive stress injuries and then there's more of like the degenerative stuff, things that just come on with genetics or time. Um, I see a really nice mix of all of those in the setting uh, where I am now. The first 14 years of my career, I was in a clinic that was heavily repetitive stress injury. Okay. I was based in Redmond. Washington, which is where Microsoft and all the tech companies are. So I was just, um, and while I was there, I did get uh, a certification as an ergonomic assessment specialist. Oh, cool. Um, so that's another piece. I don't get to use it as much as I used to, because now I'm seeing people who, you know, put their fingers in a chop saw. Oh we have a surgeon who works downstairs from us. So we get some, we get some juicy wounds. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> so we get fractures, tendon lacerations, okay, um, dislocations, but then we also get the, um, the repetitive stress injuries. Now I'm wondering if those are kind of the ones that that moms probably deal with the most. Yeah. I mean, when you're saying repetitive stress injury, what mm-hmm. comes to my mind is like carpal tunnel syndrome. Sure. Yeah. Um, what else are you thinking? What else falls into that category? So it, um, if I had to say like moms, um, I would say that there's, there's kind of four that come to mind. Um, tennis elbow, uh, mm. also known as lateral epicondylitis. Um, I, a condition that I like to call mommy thumb, but is also uh. known as Decker veins tenosynovitis. And um, uh, maybe some carpal tunnel syndrome. I know that that can be um, common during pregnancy mm-hmm. or uh, kind of leading up to or shortly after pregnancy. Um, and then as we age 
And this is kind of like on my radar now being in my forties. And this is something that really every woman around 35 should start being mindful of is um, arthritis at the base of the thumb. And Mm -hmm. there's anatomical reasons why women are more prone than men. Um, But it's, it's a very real thing. And um, it's not, it's not fun. I watch my um, 50 something year old boss not be able to, um, you know, pinch a bag of chips open um, because her thumbs are so bad. So um, those are kind of like the big ones for, for moms. And um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, let's go ahead and like kind of systematically talk through each of those things then. Um, Let's start at the top, you mentioned the tennis elbow, mm-hmm. um, the lateral epicondylitis. So yes. explain to us what that feels like. What is the symptoms? Like how might a mom know that that might be what's going on? Sure. So the lateral epicondyle, um, this is, I'm at a huge disadvantage here because I am very visual. <laughs> <laughs> so if we got to picture it. We got to envision, right. we got to visualize this. Yes. So if your if your arms are positioned in what I call Barbie arms, where your elbows yeah. are like ninety degrees and the thumbs are kind of pointing up towards the ceiling, mm-hmm. if you were to feel your elbow, there's like a, a bony prominence that's on the outside, like away from your body. That's the lateral epicondyle, and coming off of that prominence is a very wide kind of fan-shaped tendon. It's not very long at all, but it is the um, origination of the muscles that run down the backside of your arm. And Mm. those muscles pull the wrist and the fingers into extension. So that's like straightening the fingers and then pulling the wrist back. Um, So that is a really common spot for inflammation. Usually what happens is um, we do something that overworks those muscles that run down the back of the arm and the muscles themselves are really stretchy and they have a lot of really good blood supply. The tendons, not so much. Okay. Um, And you know this from like a, I don't want to say bodybuilding, but you know, weight training perspective Mm -hmm. is you're actually pushing the muscles beyond really what they're capable of and you get micro tears in the tissues. And then when they get adequate, proper healing, they heal back stronger. And that's a whole use it or lose it thing. It's the, you know, that's really very true. Yep. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times lateral epicondylitis comes when that adequate proper rest does not happen and the tendon doesn't get a chance to heal completely. Mm. Um, from those micro tears. And then over time, it, if it's not treated, if it's not dealt with, it turns into what we call epicondylosis, which mm. is really technical. And I'm not going to get into all the differences. No, you don't have to. This kind of goes from acute to chronic. Yep. Not, you're always dealing with it. Yes. And it's not an active inflammation. It's not something where like slap an ice pack on it, take an ibuprofen and it's going to feel better. It's just mm-hmm. there all the time. And the treatment for that looks a little different than that really acute, like on fire, um, kind of burning pain. Um, 
So if we can catch it kind of in the earlier stages of it, we're going to be far better off. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have seen people who have ignored lateral epicondylitis, condylosis for years. Uh Uh-oh. And it can take an equally (laughs) long time to Mm -hmm. pull yourself out of it. So it is not worth ignoring, even though a lot of people can keep going on with their life with this pain in their elbow. Yeah. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people can. I've seen people do it lots. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things that if you just listen to your body and nip it in the bud, it's worth, and Megan hopefully will back me up on this, it's <laughs> worth putting resistive workouts on hold. On hold, yes. Until it settles down because you're yep. just going to dig yourself into a deeper hole. Absolutely. And I feel like this is the kind of injury, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like this crops up a lot in strength training. Mm-hmm. If someone doesn't necessarily have the the grip strength, mm-hmm. if they're going from never weight training at all, and then suddenly they're holding and gripping yeah. a lot of like weights on a regular basis, or maybe even being in that push-up position a lot. Sure. Yeah. Or um, it, it just seems to when you go from nothing to all of it, all of a sudden, someone who might have weaker tendons in that area, that could potentially crop up, don't you sure. think? Yeah. yeah, because it doesn't take as much to reach fatigue mm-hmm. and push past fatigue in those muscles. And so maybe more damage is done and therefore more healing is going to be required. Yeah, you know, And usually when we start out with a new workout program, we're excited and we want to do it. We want to do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, and, and I know Megan will back me up on this one. <laughs> the, what I have found and my colleagues and I, we've all kind of come to the same spot that we do not treat this type of injury without addressing, in addition, scapular stabilization. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Okay. Explain like, that. Okay. Um, being really stable and strong through the shoulders and being mm. able to keep your shoulder blades back and down. So it's good posture, being strong enough through your core to maintain good posture. It's like building a really solid foundation under a house. If you think yes. of your arm as the, you know, the house and the elbow is sort of like that second story. Right. If the if the foundation is wobbly, everything above it is having to compensate. So um, we talk about lever arms. The, the, the farther away from your body you're holding weight, the more all the muscles from basement to roof have to fire to keep it stable. Right. So if you're weak in your shoulder, your muscles around on either side of your elbow are having to work even harder to keep the arm stable. If the shoulder's really strong, they don't have to work as hard because everything's in balance. Um, so, and I was really happy <laughs> to, I think the very first time I ever had to do, and it's an exercise that Megan gives us in Strong Mamas, the prone W's. And yep. reaching forward, we do those, we call them wall slides and we have people standing up against a wall and it's yep. the same thing. Same movement. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, if somebody comes into my clinic and they've got 
lateral epicondylitis and we've kind of gotten the real acute pain down, as soon as we can, we start them on a home program of wall slides, scap squeezes, mm-hmm. um, pec stretches, just getting everything balanced in the basement yeah. because we can treat the elbow for months and months and months. But if we don't address that, it's just going to come right back the next, as yeah. soon as they go back to what they were doing before. Yeah. Yeah. This is such a true, no truer statement could have been (laughs) spoken. It's amazing. And and the same thing happens kind of in the lower extremity too. Like if your hips are not strong and stable, you're going to have issues in your knee, in your ankle, in your foot. And so same thing here that your shoulder is kind of like the hip of your upper half. And if the shoulder joint is not operating the way it's designed to and being a strong, stable surface for good arm motion. Yeah. That poor elbow and the wrist, you know, it's going to go down the chain too, probably. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. So that's a really great tip for how, for what someone can start doing on their own. Maybe Mm -hmm. if they're noticing their elbow just keeps flaring. So doing things that are focusing on good scapular or shoulder blade work. So scap squeezes, those, those W's, what else is someone, can someone do when they're feeling that tennis elbow style pain? Are there certain stretches that you would recommend? Yeah. I would say if they're in that really acute phase, um, we're just trying to get the inflammation down. So there we're talking about ice right on that tendon, um, rest, uh, if it's in a person's repertoire to take um, anti-inflammatories like um, ibuprofen or aspirin, um, you know, that's a short trial of that is usually recommended just to get that real acute phase under control. Um, and then as far as stretches go, um, and we really, really, really stress pain-free stretching, Stretching should not be painful right? <laughs> because as soon as you cross that pain threshold, what happens is the body just goes into this protective, like tightening everything up mm-hmm. because it's telling, it's overriding. It's saying, nope, 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 nope. We can't do that. So that, um, low load over a long period of time, gentle stretching, um, and those, so it's those muscles on the back of the forearm are usually the ones that we want to get that extensibility back. Right. Um, the, the most extreme stretch for that. And I would say, unless someone's in that really acute phase, this is where they're going to be is with their arm out in front of them and then pulling their finger, kind of making a loose fist and pulling their hand down towards the floor yes. so that they're stretching those extensor muscles. That's awesome. If that's not tolerable, if that can't be done without pain, all you do is you bend your elbow. You bend your elbow as much as you need to, to get in that same position, that same wrist position without pain. Okay. So someone who's really acute, they might have their upper arm by their side with their elbow at a 90 degree angle and their wrist pulling down and they're still feeling a stretch through there. Wow. That's that's tight. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend, I mean, I obviously truly believe in what I do. I would recommend that if someone's been dealing with it for a while, that they talk to their doctor about it and maybe seek some therapy for it. Yeah. Just because there's a lot of um, 
tools that we have that we use that will speed up the process. For sure. Um, and some of that stuff can be taught and done at home, but that's beyond the scope of a podcast interview. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And I would say another preventative thing is just, and this doesn't have to be just with workouts, with everything, like how you're sitting at your computer, how you're preparing dinner, how you're lifting your children, how you're driving, is the closer in your work is to you, mm -hmm. the less those muscles have to fire to stabilize. Yeah. So making sure when you're on your computer that you're not reaching for your mouse, making sure that when you're driving, you're not like fully extended with your arms straight out. Um, same thing with lifting children, get them close, have them yep. hug you and pick them up, you know, yep. rather than reaching out and um, lifting them with it, arm extended. That's good. That's good. Let's talk now about what you called the mommy thumb. Oh, yes. Mommy so thumb. explain the mommy thumb okay. so to I us. Call, I call it mommy thumb because it's, it, it's not exclusive to moms, but it sure. is really common postpartum. Um, I want to say somewhere in the three to six month range. Okay. So okay. what this is, is um, again, if you're in that Barbie hands position. If you were to look at the side of your forearm, let's call it, we call it the radial side because that's your radius comes down there. It's the thumb side. Come, if you just were like running your finger down the side of the radial side of your thumb and you get to the wrist and there's sort of a, a bony prominence. It's always those bony prominences. Yeah. Kind of like right along the top of the ridge right yeah. there. If you yeah. were to pull your thumb up, you'll see, um, or feel a tendon pop up right there. Yep. So as, it. yep, as that tendon runs over that bony prominence, it's the radial styloid, there's a, a, a sheath. It's like this nice, smooth, synovial sheath that that tendon gets to run through. It's the lubrication and protection of the tendon so that it doesn't fray as it runs over the bone. Okay. Um, so what can happen is you can get inflammation in that sheath in that tendon or both. Mm. And it can be exquisitely painful. Ooh. The way we test for this is a test called Finkelstein's maneuver. Um, <laughs> I love the, the names of some of these I tests. My, my boss always says it's um, these male doctors like to name things after themselves. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to put your thumb in your palm, like curl it down into your palm and wrap your fingers around it to make a fist, and yep. then do a, almost like a hammering motion. Mm -hmm. If that sends you through the roof, you probably have mommy thumb. Okay. Um, this is one of those things that um, ice is your friend. Lots of ice right on that spot. And um, interestingly enough, I mean, classically, we've always splinted this. You know, someone comes in with it. The first thing we do is we pop them in a splint. Okay, get um, it like immobilized, like right away. Yes. However, yeah. just recently, research has said that that's not really the most effective way to treat hmm. it. Um, okay. So that's kind of new information. That's like cutting edge information. Usually, it's treated with a cortisone injection. Okay. Um, however, sometimes that is not the end all and be all 
um, treatment for that. Not everybody reacts, not everybody responds to cortisone the same way. Some people metabolize it so quickly that it doesn't do them any good. So um, that tendon, those muscles are the muscles that pull the thumb away from the hand and straighten it. So think of lifting an infant out of a crib. Yep. yep. Think of positioning a baby for breastfeeding or bottle feeding. Yeah. Think of getting them situated in the, their car seat. They hit that mm-hmm. three to six month range and they're starting to put on some fat. They're getting yep. a little They're kind of big now. Yes. Yeah. And you are all day long schlepping this baby around with your thumb pulled back like that, right? Mm-hmm. There's still um, the hormone relaxin pumping through the body that hasn't been all processed out yet. So everything's a little, those ligaments and tendons are still a little wonky. Things aren't real stable. And it's just sort of a perfect storm. And that's why we call it mommy thumb. Yeah, totally Um, makes sense. And it will, it could totally impact someone's workout, everything. It it, it impacts everything. It impacts everything pinch yeah. something or grip something, pick something up, it's there. Um, I had this with my first two pretty bad. Okay. Um, not like the worst cases, but pretty bad. Um, and it usually resolves once the baby starts walking. Which, <laughs> no, mom, that's a lot. That could be a long time. That. Yeah. But, um, but that's the thing I, as moms, like we can't avoid certain movements. We sure. have to pick up our babies. Yeah. We have to do that. Cause I feel yeah. like these types of injuries, total avoidance is really what's necessary to get it to yeah. heal. And there, you know, like when I have moms coming in, I highly suggest to them, like use the people around you as much as possible. Like right. if someone else can get baby out of the crib or the pack and play or whatever, have them pick them up and hand them to you. When baby's mm-hmm. a little older, have them, you know, like if it's a toddler and you still have this going on, have them walk up to you, grab you around the neck and you just kind of scoop them yep. so that you're not doing the under the armpit right. um, pickup. So a lot of times with this rep- the repetitive stress injuries, the, m- the more layers you can peel back, every little encounter um with that movement that can be taken away is going to tip the scales in your favor. For sure. That so sometimes it's not total avoidance. Sometimes it's just what less. I, yeah. Yeah. What can I change? And I'll change mm-hmm. those things. Um, now if she's in like excruciating pain, like she, mm-hmm. like she can't even pick her kid up at all anymore whatsoever. Yeah. Um, is there anything that she can do in that moment? I mean, apart from just total like icing, just stop movement, like is there a stretch that she could do just to give her a little bit of relief in that second? So yes and no. Okay. <laughs> what yeah. we do is that whole maneuver that I described, we break mm-hmm. it down. Okay. okay. First thing is just trying to trying to pull your thumb across your palm. Don't don't bend it, just kind of pull it across as if you're were trying to touch the tip of your thumb to the base of your small finger. Yeah. See if you can tolerate that. And okay. if that's tolerable, then you release you release that. And then just with the thumb nice and relaxed, move the wrist, bend it towards the small finger. And if okay. that's tolerable, you can try combining them. And you just kind of inch towards that maneuver. Yep. Because that maneuver is stretching. 
those tissues. It's right. just that they don't want to be stretched. They're yeah. cranky. And when you stretch them, they're pulling right over that bony prominence again. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like this is one of those situations where like, man, it's so helpful to get in to see someone like you and to and get I, some actual therapy for this. <laughs> and I do have to say, even though the research, this is, and this is maybe me holding on to my like long held beliefs. Yeah. Even though the research is saying it doesn't help long-term, I do feel like the splints when, when you're in that um, kind of still early postpartum um if this is going on, a lot of moms don't want to get a cortisone injection because right. they don't want that in there. If, especially if they're breastfeeding, a lot of moms don't want to be taking ibuprofen or aspirin, you know, everyone's right. in a different place on that. But I feel like the moms who come in and get the splints right away, or at least some sort of soft supportive brace, they have something that just gives them some relief or, I mean, sometimes we need crutches. <laughs> it can <laughs> totally. be a crutch to get you through the day or the Absolutely. night. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because that can, that pain can get really exquisite to the point where it might not be safe to be lifting your child. And that's a terrible place to be. Yeah. You don't want to be there. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't, um, I don't want any mom to be there. Yeah. So I would say... There's still, I mean, in my mind, there's still a place for splints if it can give a mom a break. Yep, totally. <laughs> or allow her to still hold her child. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I love it. Okay, so kind of in a similar area, talk to us just real quick about carpal tunnel sure. syndrome and how that's different than the mommy thumb. Right. So carpal tunnel syndrome is um, – it's earmark, like what makes it carpal t- tunnel syndrome is the uh, irritation or compression to the median nerve. Um, the carpal tunnel is it's a part of your anatomy. It's literally a tunnel in your wrist. That's what the carpal means. Um, it houses 10 structures, nine tendons and one nerve. Wow. The tendons are your finger flexors. They bend your fingers um, your index through small finger each have two. Your thumb has one. Um, so that's the nine. And then that nerve. So the best way I've heard this described is tendons have the texture and consistency of a of a bungee cord. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nerves have the texture and consistency of cooked spaghetti. Ah, so yes. if something is – so think of it as a, you have a finite amount of space – if something's inflamed, it's going to take up more space. So mm-hmm. if you have the tendons taking up more room, they're going to push on each other and be able to push back. But when they push on that nerve, it just Oof. it just squashes. Squishes it. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, so tendonitis in your flexor tendons can cause carpal tunnel syndrome. Okay. It can also be caused by increased fluid, which is usually, well, that is the believed reason for carpal tunnel syndrome in pregnancy is just fluid retention. Yeah. And also the ligaments starting to get a, a little um, wonky. Things just start collapsing and not holding their shape as well. 
it's by design. That's what it's there for, but it's systemic. So it's not just affecting your pelvis. It's affecting your wrists and everything else. Right. Yep. So, um, the thing about the, the nerve getting compressed, think of like parking on your garden hose. Um, it's not going to work when your tires on it, but as soon as you remove the car, it'll work again. Right. Yeah. Unless yeah. you leave it there all winter and into the next spring and you pull your car off of it and then it's just a squished garden hose and it's not going to work real well. Right. Right. So carpal tunnel syndrome is one of those things like tennis elbow, catch it early because you can dig yourself into a really deep hole. Um, so what it can present in a number of ways, um, that median nerve gives sensory it's, um, the sensory nerve for, um, the thumb index and middle finger, and sometimes part of the ring finger. Okay. And then through the palm, it's also a motor nerve. Um, so it innervates a lot of the teeny small muscles in the hand, but it also innervates your, um, your really strong, uh, muscles that oppose your thumb and your small finger. So oh, those are yeah. big ones. Yes, they are. And they're, yeah. um, the, well, the adductor pollicis, that's the muscle that brings your thumb in tight to your hand is like the third strongest muscle in the body. That's like, crazy. Or area. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so that goes offline. If you are not, I shouldn't say offline, it gets disrupted if that median nerve is getting compressed. Yep. So that's what carpal tunnel syndrome is. So it can be pain. It can be numbness and tingling in those fingers and it can be weakness. Commonly people will say, I'm just dropping things. Like I don't even realize it. Things just fall out of my hand. And that's because those muscles that um, kind of fine tune our pinch and our grasp are all those little muscles in the hand. And if they're not getting a consistent nerve signal, they just, they'll stop contracting. Yeah, it totally you makes don't sense. it to stop contracting. They just do it because the they signal is not getting through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is a, uh, a condition where braces are amazing. Just okay. holding the wrist in a neutral position. If the wrist is fully extended, all of those tissues in question are on tension. Okay. Um, nerves don't like to be on tension. If you flex your wrist, if you bring it towards your palm, they get compressed even more. So okay. keeping it neutral, really straight, keeps everything as open as possible. So someone who might have these carpal tunnel syndromes, if they try to get into like a push-up position, mm-hmm. ouch. It's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's not going to feel real great to them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the thing about nerves is they hold a grudge. Oh, sad. Take, <laughs> I know. They take a long time <laughs> to settle down. So yeah. even though they're doing all the right things – it could last a little while. It just takes, sure. it takes a while of okay. really being cared for before they will settle down. Yeah. 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 Well, let's, um, in the few minutes that we have remaining, I, I kind of want to touch on that final one that you mentioned, just for those of us moms that are, are getting a little bit older and want to be careful with yeah. the arthritis, mm-hmm. ar- arthritis component of the thumb. Yeah. Um, is that inevitable? Or is that something that we can be cautious about and maybe do certain things to maybe make it less likely to happen? Sure. Um, if we live long enough, we will have arthritis. 
That's yep. just, it's sort of like gray hair and wrinkles. It's, it's <laughs> yep. weird if you don't get it, you yeah. know? Yeah. Right. Um, I heard a doctor explain one time, every joint has an odometer. And mm. once you reach a certain mileage point, it just starts to wear out. Um, and that mileage point is going to vary from person to person. There's going to be a strong genetic component. So if your mother never seemed to be slowed down by arthritis, you're probably going to be okay. Um, however, lifestyle plays a part. Injuries add a lot of miles to a joint. Um, so it's one of those, it's one of those things like it's really hard to think about until you start feeling pain down there. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess my best advice is, you know, be aware of how it's feeling and don't, it's another one of those things that you just don't ignore it. If you feel like when you go to pinch something, if you're getting pain at the base of your thumb, it's worth talking to somebody about it. And you might get, you know, a, a general practitioner might say, oh, you're getting a little arthritis and they'll just kind of maybe poo-poo it. There's some really great over-the-counter supports out there. I'll just name one because I own it and I love it. It's called the Comfort Cool is the brand and it's okay. thumb CMC brace. It's on okay. Amazon. Um, it's just a soft neoprene brace, but it has a special little strap. I call it, it's like the underwire for that joint. It just supports it and holds it where it needs to be. Um, and I have mine. I use them for long drives. Mm -hmm. um, end of the week, if my thumbs are hurting and for renegade rows. I <laughs> Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. By the way, a renegade row. Yeah. That's where your hands are on a dumbbell and you're doing a push up, and then you have to transfer all your weight to one hand on that dumbbell, which can be really tricky if you have a compromised thumb joint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and there's, there's a lot of research and a lot of treatment approaches for, and surgical approaches for thumbs we call it thumb CMC arthritis. Okay. Um, mostly I would say just be, be kind to your hands. Lots of forceful or sustained gripping or pinching can be hard on mm -hmm. that. Um, just, I don't know, just be nice. Don't to thrash you. them. Yeah. <laughs> be kind to your hands. Yeah. I feel like for, for those <laughs> of us that are weightlifters and strength trainers, you know, and find ourselves gripping heavy things a lot. Mm -hmm. Something that I always try to remind members and clients that I work with is don't have a death grip. Like right. only, mm -hmm. only just hook your fingers around it. You don't have to grip the living daylights out of your dumbbell sure. <laughs> to be holding it. Press, just let your, let it be a trough. You don't even have right. to, you, know, you don't have to have a a strong grip when you're pushing up like that. Right. Right. Um, Same with like a, like a row. If you're doing a bent over row, just let the dumbbell kind of hang in the hook of your fingertips. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wrap your thumb around the dumbbell and grip it so hard. Yeah. Being really mindful of what, what your grip is like with your weights, with your car, driving your mm -hmm. car. That's a big one for me because I get yeah. a death grip on the wheel and it's right. That's not necessary. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it feels like it, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is so, so helpful. I just feel like there's so many moms listening that probably have been dealing with some of these little aches and pains 
throughout the years, maybe the mommy thumb or the tennis elbow, or even just have been thrashing their hands and are wondering kind of why things have been hurting. And I just feel like we need to remind moms, like, it's okay to take care of yourself. It's okay Mm -hmm. to step back and allow things to heal, to go see a therapist, to do what needs to be done to make sure that you're feeling whole and pain-free. Yes. So important. And I, I see it a lot. Um, if you're, if your hands are not functioning well, it's super impactful to all areas of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it reminds us like how much we use our hands for Mm -hmm. when it's hurting. Yeah. That's so good. Well, I have a couple fun questions for you to kind of finish up with just to end on a really fun light note. Now, you are a mom. Tell us about your kiddos. I know that you've got a couple older ones and a younger one. Tell us more about your family. Um, I have a 16-year-old son who is a sophomore in high school. Wow. (laughs) Um, He is my quiet kid. He likes to hide out in his room and read his books. Um, Just He still likes to curl up in my lap and have me scratch his back. That's sweet. I hope my boys are like that when they're that age. (laughs) And then I have a 13-year-old daughter who um, knows everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. She really is so smart and so talented, and she is a go-getter. But, man, she's like on on the totem pole of authority in the house. She puts herself like second or third. She's up there. Wow. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but just a joy, absolute joy. And then I have my, um, my toddler and I just think that there's something really ironic and funny about having two teenagers and a toddler at the same time. (laughs) Does it feel like you have three toddlers or three teenagers at the same time? Like (laughs) it's chaos. It's chaos is what it is. Um, but he is, uh, probably my most affectionate child, but also my most wily. He is a, he is a character. Um, Well, he is cute. I've seen pictures of him and he is adorable. He is, and he's just, he's hilarious. He's a funny, funny kid. Oh, that's Um, so fun. But, and fortunately the big kids adore him. Um, I'm working on getting the big kids to adore each other, but I feel like that's <laughs> going to be once they're into adulthood. That's- yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. And now you are an avid gardener. I have to say that your gardening endeavors are very admirable. Like, Wow. I want to be a farmer. That's like my Well, I feel thought. like you are. I think you are actually just maybe not officially. I know. I just, I keep saying if I could just make this make money. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe someday. Yeah. Someday, someday. Well, this has been so fantastic, Halcyon. I appreciate just your wealth of knowledge and being able to come share with us. If, if any of my listeners wanted to get in touch with you somehow and ask Mm -hmm. you any questions, how would they be able to do that? Okay. I'm just going to give everyone my personal email because I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. If you're comfortable with that. Sure. Yeah. So um, it's kingfisherqueen, all one word, no fancy spellings at outlook.com. 
Okay, cool. And I will tag that. I will post that in the show notes too. So people have that information as well. Thank you so much again. This has been so fun. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. Okay. Wasn't she awesome? I just feel like she is a wealth of knowledge and honestly being a mom herself and having had all these same like thumb and wrist injuries, she gets it. I love that. So we're coming towards the end of our series about common issues that us moms have. Hopefully you've been learning so much. My goal really, I I want you to feel like you have some resources now to get help for the little aches and pains that you've been feeling throughout your body. I don't want you to feel like you have to just live with it. That if something hurts, you have to ignore it and just move on with your life and pretend and hope that it goes away. There are true resources for you that really do help. If you're completely stumped and you don't really know where to start, I highly recommend checking out the Strong Mamas Coaching Program. I mentioned it quite often in this episode. Halcyon is in there in the coaching program with us. We have several therapists in the program with us. Jocelyn is there. Jen is there. All of us are there and we're willing to help you if you have issues with these things. Also, when you're in a really good quality strength and conditioning workout program, The likelihood of developing these types of injuries when it's such a high quality program goes way down. You're just not gonna get as injured as often. Plus, the stronger you are, you're not gonna get as injured as often, which is awesome. So definitely check out the Strong Mamas Coaching Program. I would love to see you there with us. And friend, once again, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. I can't wait for you to come back next week and continue learning about your body, about your mindset, and about how we can take care of all of it in light of Christ, in light of his love for us. So until next week, we'll talk to you later.